Hey, Julian. What? You know how you don't know how to read? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have some good news for you, buddy. There is a new audio app called Newsly, and it's on iOS and Android. And what it does is it picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. So for the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Doesn't that make you happy, Julian? Yeah. Yeah. So now you can actually pay attention to what's going on in the world around you. Since you can't read, now you can listen. You can browse articles from topics you choose, and you can start playing, stop scrolling, start listening. That's your New Year's resolution, Julian. Dude, this is going to really change my life. And guess what else? What? They have podcasts as well. No way! Explore trending topics from over 40 countries, including our podcast, Just the Tips with Austin and Julian. It's there too. What? So here's what you got to do. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or the link in the description and use the promo code TIPS. All caps, except the I is the number one. You get a one-month premium subscription. Holy smokes. Yep. Just the tips. Hey, everyone. Be quiet. Just the tips is on. Hey, everybody. It's the two guys who start each day with the Mad Dog 2020, Austin and Julian, and this is just the tips with Austin and Julian, the show where we take tips, hacks, advice from the internet, filter it through our degenerate brains, and regurgitate it into your ears. What the fuck is up, Austin? What's up, Julian? You, uh, I'm angry. Yeah, really? Couldn't tell. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, have you ever used Travelocity.com? Yeah, like 15 years ago. Dude, I made the mistake of using it recently. And it. let me tell you about this experience. So I made a trip planned in January. I had to cancel it because of the high COVID outbreak in the area I was going. And they told me they were going to give me a flight credit. So I go into my account to reschedule the booking and it's not in there my flight credit. So I call the company and first I'm on the phone with a woman and literally for an hour, she's looking for my flight credit. And then an hour into it, the phone disconnects on their end and she never fucking calls me back. So I call the next day and I go through this whole fucking thing again. And then the guy books me a flight and it took another hour and a half to do just that book me another flight using the credit. Then the next day, I don't get a receipt in my email saying I got the flight. And so I call and say, I didn't get the receipt. And again, the fucking hour into it, phone disconnects while they're trying to find my receipt. In that process, they told me that the guy didn't do his job right and the flight never got booked. And now it's going to cost me even more money to book the flight for the same flight I had booked the day before. So then I get an email today saying my flight's canceled and I had to call back again and rebook the entire fucking flight and work an hour and a half again to book the same fucking flight. I've never dealt with a more incompetent company in my life. Fuck Travelocity. Here's my tip. Don't fucking use them. Yeah, don't worry. Nobody else uses them except for you. So the, hope you what do you lesson. use? I use Hotels.com. Well, for my flight, I use I use Google Flights or I use the Southwest app. I didn't know about Google Flights. Because I live in a civilized society. You don't know about Google Flights? No. I used to use Hipmunk, and I really liked Hipmunk, and then it went out of business. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you'd use some weird shit. Hey, oh, by the way, I forgot in Julian's angry tirade, this episode is dedicated to Marissa Chavez. Shout out and thanks for listening. We appreciate you. You're the coolest. Yes, thank you. Julian, point your camera at you. What's wrong with you? It's attached to my monitor, so if my monitor's tilted, which it always gets tilted. All right, I didn't actually want an explanation. Sorry. All right. You're gonna, I'm going to have to keep, Why you have to keep me tabs questions? on you today, man. I can tell you're out of control. Why ask me questions if you don't want an answer? Well, I just wanted I was just wanted you to move your camera. I thought that's what you'd do. But I was talking to Phil yesterday, and he was telling us about someone that he used to work with who we don't know, Marissa Chavez. And she listened to the show, and that really warmed my heart. I was like, wow, people that don't know us are actually willing to listen to our bullshit. And it made me feel really good, Julian. Makes me feel good. Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate it. She said she fast-forwards through your parts, though. But that's still 
pretty good. Well, at least she's getting... Well, then she's just listening kidding. to the worst parts of this show. I'm just kidding, Julian. She loves you the best. If she's only listening to your bullshit. All right. But. Well, it's been a long time. Sorry, guys. We've been slacking, and damn. We're going to try to get back into it, though, try to get a regular rotation going. We say that all the time, but this time we mean it. Things have changed. Okay. I believe it when I see it. But for now, let's just make the best episode we possibly can, and I think that'll make up for the lack of content. We have an episode that is in the... In the can. In yeah, the lab. I, I haven't been able lab. to find the time to edit it for like three weeks. I'm sorry. But well, sooner or later, we're going to get these things going. I just started thinking about Mad Dog, man. That stuff was so gross. Oh, dude, it was the worst. Do you remember... I remember I used to get the red wine flavor because it had more alcohol than the other flavors. And all the flavors are gross, but especially that red wine one. At least the other ones are like masked with sugar. And this one is just pure purple puke. I usually just got the red, like the cherry strawberry looking red one or the blue one. But yeah, the blue one. You've always been the king, especially in your younger days of just getting whatever had the highest alcohol content. You drink steel reserve for God's sakes. Only yeah, like that's what only homeless people drink steel reserve and 19 year old Julian. I loved it. The best, I think, example of drinking just because we were broke and had to drink what we had was one time Austin and I and our friend Adam, I believe, went to a U of A tailgate at USC. It was a USC tailgate, but they were playing U of A. And Austin's like, don't worry, guys. I got oh, the it was UCLA. Covered. It was at it was at UCLA. Was it? Pas- it was in Pasadena. Yeah. Okay. It was at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So Austin shows up saying he got us covered on drinks, <laughs> and he literally pulls out a bottle of vodka and a bottle of V8. Ugh. He's like, "Yeah, we're not Bloody Marys," and he literally he thought that's how you make a Bloody Mary is just mixing V8 and vodka. It's a true and story. It is not how you make a bloody mary for those who don't know and it was the fucking worst but we had nothing else to drink so we just had to force it down dude i think i threw up and i know i have not had a single bloody mary since then and that was probably nine years ago dude it was so bloody bad. marys are delicious right i don't think i've had v8 since then that's what i wrote off out of that it was actually clamato but same difference was it clamato yeah is a big bottle of Clamato. Oh. But, dude, it was so rough. Ugh. Whatever. That was, yeah, you mixed up a Michelada and a Bloody Mary. But I think you can make Bloody Mary out of Clamato. You just got to add a few more things. Well, yeah, you can, you but get... it's yeah, it's more than that. We used to use Clamato yeah. at the V. Oh. But just Clamato and vodka is not good. And we drink a lot of it, too. And it still makes me, I get queasy just thinking about it. It's disgusting. Oh, it's awful. I Every single time I had to, like hold my throw up down yeah i'm easing my way back into it i think i'm gonna be able to drink a bloody mary in about 18 months i think i'll be back but it's gonna t- take a full decade i love me a good bloody mary but sometimes they're a little rough especially when they get too spicy and then they start giving me heartburn that's the worst i also don't like the bloody marys where they add all the shit into it yeah i was just gonna say that when they start throwing bacon in there and like yeah they'll have like a full cheeseburger slider on there just like dude dude that's dude fuck off you're just trying to fucking be cool just give me a fucking drink yeah you're like how many fucking things can we fit in this fucking glass let's show them you're trying to just impress those guys that jerk off to bacon oh just make a good bloody mary man you could throw a couple things on there but a whole burger and like fucking chicken fingers i love those things but throw it on the side it's never good either it's always it's always cold yeah. and shitty and not good. Like the celery is fine. Just give me the celery and the olives. That's all I need. And a lime and a lemon. I'm happy. You heard it here first, guys. Just get the recipe right. How about that? Get the recipe right. Yeah. Don't fucking give me your bullshit. You know what's really good? Have you ever heard had a uh, Bloody Mary made with bourbon? No. Dude, it's really good. Hmm. It has a name. I don't remember what it is. Our friend showed it to us once, and uh, I order them from that time to time, and it just adds like a really nice flavor to it. Hmm. I highly recommend it. Yeah, maybe next year when I get back in, back into the game, we'll do it. We'll we'll bust your cherry open with a 
a bloody. I think Marianne it's called a bloody Marianne. Does that sound right? I have no idea. It's usually the bloody widow. Bloody There's a bunch of names. Never mind. It's usually three or four Bloody Marys deep that a Bloody Mary with bourbon gets ordered. Hmm. So. Cool. Well, enough about Bloody Marys. Let's get into these tips. Okay. Is it your turn or my turn first, Austin? You have the last episode in your computer, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have not been checking in on it. I'll just go first. Okay. Sounds good. I need to build some energy here, and you need to calm down a little bit over there. Shut up. This is a life pro tip brought to us by Dr. Impressive 5877. And this is assume everyone in the comments is a 13 year old kid, whether it be YouTube, Reddit, or anywhere else. It's easy to read comments and get fired up. I've done this before. Well, actually, I guess first let me say, read what this guy said. He said, This saves you a lot of anger. A lot of dumb comments or posts are just kids messing, around, messing about. It must be a Brit. People take each comment so seriously and assume a full-grown adult wrote them. So next time you are tempted to reply, you may be arguing with a 13-year-old. I know I've had times where, mostly on Yelp, if it's a restaurant I love and I read somebody giving it a one-star review, I get all fired up and I'm just like, I start digging in their background. I'm like, this person's a fucking idiot. Dude, it's not worth your time. We're only hurting ourselves, Julian. If someone says some dumb shit on there... You can say go fuck yourself if you want, but just move on. Try to find somebody who's got some smart, insightful comments like Julian, riddled with grammatical and spelling errors. Grammar's a fucking overrated skill set, first off. Second off, I agree with this. When I was a 12 and 13-year-old, I was such an online little troll. I used to... Do you remember AOL or Mad Cow or any of those? No. They're like hacked versions of AOL and they had all these little things that you could do. And there was one called a win nuke that you could do. And it would, you could request someone's IP address and then get it and then put it into this AOL hacked version of AOL. And it would just blue screen their computer. They could reset it and be fine, but you could just crash their computer by putting their IP address in it. And so my brother and I used to go into dating chat rooms on back in the AOL days and wait till someone made a connection and we're about to exchange personal information. And then we'd fucking wind nuke one of them and we'd laugh our ass off when they would just sign off and the other person be like, where'd you go? Oh my God. Damn. We really had a connection. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, but I was 12 and 13 years old. I thought it was hilarious. And that's what 12 and 13 year olds do. They like to create havoc. You didn't understand love or AOL at the time. No, I did not. I understood AOL, but not not love at the time. Yeah, for like my first six or seven years of the computer experience, it was just all about porn, basically. I had no interest in AOL or anything else. And I, and I was not smart enough to do that. I was not very computer savvy. I'm still not the most, but I guess I'm above average. But yeah, back in the day, I was just uh, kind of old school, you know, like some to- some toilet paper, maybe throw an egg at someone's garage. It's weird how fucking stupid you are when you're a kid. You're just like, I'm just going to throw an egg at this guy's garage because I didn't like his pants or anything like that. You just, or kids hit mailboxes with baseball bats. It's amazing that we all didn't die. Yeah. Oh, man. When I think about all the near-death experiences I used to have as a child, it's crazy. I can think of, like, several that stand out in my mind. I remember once I was standing at – so Ricky was driving, and we were in a parking lot, and I was – I had the door open, and I was leaning on it. We were parked, and I was talking to some girl, and Ricky thought it would be funny to throw the car in reverse and see how fast I could run backwards. So hmm. if you can imagine, I'm leaning on the door, the car's parked, Ricky throws it in reverse and starts moving backwards and I'm running backwards because the door is pushing me backwards and I'm so lucky I didn't trip over myself and fucking die. And he thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You don't strike me as a good backwards runner. I guess I had you all wrong. I mean, when you're running for your life, man, you'd be surprised what you can do. Yeah. I'm pretty good, man. I can go backwards in sandals. In fact, every time I am asked to move something, I often find myself in sandals and I'm often find myself as the person walking backwards. That's a, that's a challenge. Speaking of Especially which, when it's a heavy object, that's a good bonus tip. If you are moving or going to help someone move, don't wear sandals. And I learned that the hard way. 
by doing it. Like, it's generally times. not when I'm like planning on moving. It's generally when I'm like chilling and someone comes home with a giant object and was like, hey, can you help me move this? And I just don't think of that I'm wearing sandals. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. And I start doing it. And then I realize after I pick it up and I'm walking backwards, I'm in sandals and it's a horrible idea. Yeah. You just got to do the claw foot maneuver. But speaking of the almost killing ourselves at a young age, I can't believe how many people, I never did this, but our friends would do the thing where they would get on the hood of the car on the roof, roll the windows down and grab the windows with their hands and then just drive. Yeah. That shit was insane. I never did that. I rem- I I'm shocked at the number of times I rode in the back of pickup trucks. Oh yeah. When the person that was driving was fucking wasted. There's a time that I was laying down in a pickup truck bed, just laying down because we were being followed by somebody, and they didn't. They thought it was a cop or something, and he started driving all crazy trying to get rid of him. And I was just shit faced, laughing my ass off, thinking it was so funny. And he was driving like a fucking maniac, and. I was laying in the back of a fucking pickup truck bed while he was running from the police or whoever it was that was following him. Yeah, I used to ride in the back of pickup trucks a lot. Not so much anymore. No. Last time I did that was in Jared's pickup truck on a way on the way to the U of A game, just like going a short distance down the street. Yeah, that's fine. And that was it. I mean, it's got its share of risk, but it's nothing like I used to do. You gotta you gotta live your life at some point, you know? Or like riding in the trunks of cars when you didn't have room for people. You didn't have enough room. You'd throw someone in the trunk of the car. Oh, yeah. I never did that shit. Yeah, I, I wasn't caught in the trunk of the car. That's my biggest fear is some dipshit friend just being like, thinking it's funny and just leaving you locked in there for an hour. I used to do it to get out of school when I didn't have a free period and I was trying to sneak away. <laughs> I'd hide in the trunk of someone's car of someone who had the, the, the pass to get out of school and I'd go do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's my turn since I need to redeem this show from that last shit tip. This one comes from Smart Cheek 65 or Smart Chic. Is it Chic? C H I C. Yeah. I think that's Chic. Smart Chic 65. What is a tip? Oh, so she asked a question. This is on a cooking subreddit. And it was, what tip did you never think of that seemed so obvious and was really helpful after someone taught you? This is one that I never thought of, but I think it's a really good one. So for her, it is freeze the ends of veggies like carrots, celery, onions, and also meat bones when making other things. Then... When you're ready to make soup, you have all the ingredients in your freezer already and you just drop them in a pot with some water and simmer them for however long and you got a soup base. Did you say freeze the ends? Yeah, like, you know, like with celery, you chop off that white oh, part right. and you throw that away or like the end part of an onion or like the bottoms of carrots. Gotcha. That, all that stuff's great for soups and meat bones as well. Hmm. And so you just throw that and slowly simmer it. And let me tell you, like, if you've never made your own soup stock, it is a far better product than what you buy at the grocery store. And it's super easy to do. And you'll really knock people's socks off by doing that. You can also use things if you want to make a seafood broth. You can use uh, shrimp shells or fish bones, something like that. Jeff, my old roommate, used to work in a kitchen and he would literally like get so mad at chefs for throwing away things like chicken, like carcasses after they shaved all the meat off it and stuff. And he'd show up, he'd be like, dude, check out what I got. And you just have like a bag full of chicken bones or shrimp shells or something that I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing with that? And then he would be like, watch. And he'd put it on the stove all night and just keep cooking it down. And the next morning we'd have this soup stock that he'd make soup out of and dude he would knock my socks off sometimes julian can i be vulnerable with you for a second sure i've never made my own soup broth can you believe that dude go fuck yourself austin i know i want to i've i've heard this tip before and i've thought about it because when i eat when i eat pho at saigon i'm like god damn this broth is so fucking good obviously i'm not going to make anything that good but it at least halfway inspires me to to do something with my life. So pho broth is actually a pretty challenging broth to make. I've heard. I've never tried it myself. I've heard that too. But I've also heard the way to do it 
and it's not so hard is in a pressure cooker. If you do it in a pressure cooker, it takes the the difficulty out of it. But I'd rather just go buy pho from a Vietnamese place. You know what I heard about pho broth? What from a actual like restaurant owner is that a lot of pho broths are actually made at a common kitchen and then distributed to the pho restaurants. At least this is how it works in LA. And so they're all using the same soup broth and then just adding their other stuff to it because it's a really long process to make the soup broth. And so a lot of restaurants don't have that planned into their schedule. And so they just buy it from a common kitchen and then sell it in their own restaurants. Hmm. Dude, I hope that's not true. I've never looked into this, but it is surprising. Like there's a lot of variety of the quality of pho broths you can get. Like some of them you go to and it's just like watered down garbage. And then others are just so rich and flavorful. And, um, you know, you wonder what the difference is in those. And I really think it is the person making it and the time that they put into it versus someone who's just like slopping some shit together. Well, yeah. Hey, I mean, I guess that's obvious. Yeah, no shit. Um, I know. I'm not. Yeah, hey. Julian, that's a great point. I'm a whiskey. <laughs> I'm a whiskey and half deep, Austin. Yeah. Go fuck uh, yourself. Another thing, I'm gonna make another confession. I like the packaged gravy, the brown gravy that comes in the little package. Dude, I love that shit on mashed potatoes. Yeah, it's not bad. Honestly, it's one of those things that actually works in the powdered form. I, I'll give you that. I also like stovetop stuffing. That's good shit. Yeah, I'll give you that too. How do you feel about That's a quality product? How do you feel about uh, instant mashed potatoes? I've had some that are pretty good. My dad found some at Costco that he swears by. But mashed potatoes are pretty easy to make, so I usually just make them. Yeah, I feel the same way. There are a few brands that can kind of pull it off, but might as well just make them yourself because it's pretty easy. I don't uh, take the skin off. I just chop them up, throw them in the water. Boom, throw some butter and sour cream or whatever else you're going to put in there. It depends on the potato. So if it's a brown potato, I'm going to peel it. If it's a yellow or red potato, I'm going to leave the skin on. That's my that's my rule of thumb. And I also like to throw some sour cream or cream cheese in there, uh, some roasted garlic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe some uh, chives or something. Oh. You know, I like to spice it up. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really you know it's really good in mashed potatoes is white pepper. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what they used to do at Raz. That was the secret. Huh. Remember their mashed potatoes, how bomb they were? No, I don't remember. You don't remember that? No. You don't remember the chicken and mashed potato fucking hack we used to do on the menu? Oh, yes, I do. That was good. Dude, that was so good with that fucking chicken reduction gravy. Oh, man. I dream of that. Those and those fucking raviolis. I would eat the shit out of that. Sometimes I want to hit up Angel and be like, Angel, let's have a fucking Raz night and make all that let's shit. Let's have a Raz night and you cook me a bunch of food that you used to make 15 years ago. Angel loved to cook. So one story, this is how Angel got discovered. This is how he got his job at Raz. True story. Um, <laughs> Angel was... You got one minute. Oh, God damn it. All right. Angel was uh, going to culinary school in Phoenix and he came down to visit one day and we came home from the bars and I was fucking starving and I'm like, dude, I have no food. I'm so hungry. And Angel's like, I'll make something. I'm like, dude, I really have nothing. He's like, I'll figure it out. And he goes into my cabinet and he pulls out pasta, clam chowder and tomato sauce. And he made me one of the best pasta dishes I've ever had. I was like, holy shit, Angel, what the fuck? This is so good. And I was there. I remember that I was your roommate at the time. Oh, you were? Dude, it was. Do you remember how good that was? Yeah, I remember being blown away that he was able to make that happen. Yeah, it was amazing. So at the time, my dad was investing in this building with uh, some people, and they were opening a restaurant as as the rental unit. And the head chef quit last minute, and the whole, whole restaurant was in jeopardy. And I heard about this story. I'm like, dude, you should have Angel cook for you. And he goes, really? He goes, I'm like, I'm telling you, man, he made me this thing the other day. is amazing. So he told the other investors, and they were like, yeah, we'll give him a shot. So they uh, flew him down from Phoenix, and he made duck. They flew him from Phoenix to Tucson? That's pretty baller, huh? Yeah, I can't believe that. Arguably, that takes longer than just driving. <laughs> it could. I don't know. Maybe they drove him down. I don't remember. Anyway... Uh, it makes a better story if they flew him down. He made them duck. They were blown away, and 
he got hired on the spot and opened Raz, which Raz was an amazing restaurant food wise, management wise, not so much, but, uh, yeah. And that started Angel's career in the career in the culinary world. Yep. And now Raz, it's really successful and franchised out, I believe, right? No, it got shut down because it was run by really bad owners. Oh, that's right. Went out of business in a year and a half. Yeah, but it wasn't Angel's fault. That was management. I know. The food was really good. Yeah. The food was amazing. It was the management that fucked it up. The owners got too involved and made really bad decisions and, and, and it got shut like down. Like they, they tried to do a Euro disco night on Friday night. Yes. And they charged their like 25 cent drinks. And it was just fucking packed. And then they're like, well, they're like, well, sl- you, you got to give more background than that. Well, I'm trying so to shorten the stories to- here. You're very long winded. No, I know, but it's getting out of control. We got an hour. We got time. We got time. All right. So no, I have to edit this shit. No, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, All right. Okay. So thanks. <laughs> so the owner used to go party in Miami and was really impressed by their rave rave scene out there. And he wanted to create a rave scene in Tucson. And so he came up with this idea called Euro night where at 10 o'clock at night, they would take all the tables and drape them in black tablecloths and put in platforms where they hired dancers and they had a DJ and they just start blasting techno music. And we had a clientele of late night patrons that like worked at the hospital and stuff that would come in and they really like enjoyed a nice meal late at night and then when he started doing that they're like what the fuck is this and they were like not coming anymore and no one was coming to euro night it was shit so he came up with a genius idea to drop drink prices to a quarter and advertise it all over town and instead of like he did jump start it but he jump started with a bunch of college kids and a bunch of college kids showed up and just got absolutely fucking annihilated i think it was like three or four nights into it we had uh, the police shut us down because there were a bunch of underage drinkers and a fight had broken out. Um, Which is what you wild. should expect when you have 25 cent drinks. Yeah. But I remember Cisco started on his first day there doing Euro night as a bartender and he made like a thousand dollars in his first night. And he's like, dude, this is awesome. Um, but it quickly dwindled after that. Well, anyways, the point of the story that I, before Julian hijacked it that I wanted to tell <laughs> that didn't need any backstory is that they had this brilliant idea that they were going to start at 25 cents a drink and then each week they would progressively bump it up and they did 25 cents and then it was 50 cents and it was fucking busy and then next thing you know, they bumped it up to like $4 a drink and it was just empty. <laughs> and keep in mind, these drinks were like $9 before 10 o'clock. So it was like the same exact drinks were $9 at 9.45, and then at 10 o'clock, they dropped down to 25 cents. Yep. But it was yep. worth it, though, to see Julian hop on the table and just get sweaty and spin his shirt around his head. That job was the shit. I remember we'd start work every day, and we'd just go outside and smoke a shitload of weed, and then they would say, what do you want to drink? And they would just fill you up a styrofoam cup full of booze, and you'd just be drinking the whole time you were there. And... I'd be absolutely annihilated almost every time after work. You're drinking at work the whole time? I wasn't. What? You, Are you crazy? The only problem with that job was that we didn't make very much money because it was rarely busy. Uh, there were times when I first started, I was making a lot of money. And then, yeah, it, the business quickly dwindled. We also had a manager named Cowboy, who I think we've talked about before. And he, we have. He's the only man I know that did so much cocaine that he actually smelled like cocaine. I'll leave it at that. And he married a sweet Jehovah's Witness lady who could not have been more oblivious to what was going on. While we were working, while he was working at work and finished his shift. We've told that story. Listen to that episode. You'll love it. All right. Let's get back to these tips. You're on tip number two, Austin. All right. Thanks. Okay. This is a life pro tip from Contribution Narrow 88. Dreading something? Avoidance makes it a hundred times harder because it completely disempowers you when the only way out is through turn and face the discomfort, take a deep breath and walk towards it. This is neuroscience backed by the way, Julian, see the full post. There's a very long explanation here, but I'm just going to use my own personal experience. A lot of times anxiety or I guess anxiety towards doing something that you don't want to do will keep you will make you procrastinate and you keep pushing it off and then it just is like weighing in on you and then you start doing it only to find that 
oh, this wasn't so bad after all. Yeah, and it feels good. So the point is, yeah, just if you have something that you know you need to do, especially if it's time sensitive, don't let yourself overthink it. Just be like in five minutes or just get up and tell yourself, I'm going to do, I'm going to get started on this, whatever it is, and I'm going to do it for five minutes. After five minutes, you'll usually get the juices flowing and you'll have the motivation to keep going. So don't overthink it, Julian. Just get up and clean your room. Yeah, I honestly think this is a great tip. I, When I was a more irresponsible person in my younger days, I would literally just, if something was even slightly stressful, I just wouldn't do it. And it would just pile up on my shoulders. And I would have so many things that I needed to get done. And they were little things. It was like, pay this bill, do this, call, get a quote on this, whatever it was. It was like stupid things that shouldn't have stressed me out, but they did because I was young and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in life. And it got so overwhelming because I had so many of these little things pile up on me. And I just like dug myself a giant hole that was so stressful to get out of. And one day I just like couldn't bear the weight anymore. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to take one thing on at a time and get them all done. And I got them all done and I cleared it off me. And honestly, I've never let something go again like i always just take care of things right away and it makes it so much better so much more manageable and so much less stressful because you're gonna have to deal with it one day so might as well get it over with and just fucking bite the bullet bite the bullet guys don't overthink it and if you're this is harder obviously if you're if you're super tired or you're depressed or anything like that and that's where the idea of just give it five minutes i'm just gonna get up and i'm just gonna do it for five minutes for example, I had my dishwasher clean and I opened the door and I left it like that for like four days. And today I was like, you know what? I'm making an espresso right now. I'm just going to start emptying it. Boom. Next thing you know, I was done. And believe it or not, it was not that difficult. Dude, if it takes less than 15 minutes, just do it right away. You don't have to plan ahead. Just if it needs to be done, get it done. It'll be over before you know it, and you'll feel so much better. That's a tip we've had on the show. And 15 minutes is a bit much. I'd say pick whatever works for you. I do five minutes. If it's less than five minutes. All right. But it makes, like, when you when you get to actually, like, relax and enjoy yourself and you don't have something that you're putting off, it makes that time so much more enjoyable because – now you don't have to worry about that thing. Otherwise, it's in the back of your mind. You're watching TV and you're like, oh, this show's so good. But man, I got to, you know, take out the trash, whatever it is. If you had already just taken out the trash, you'd just be thinking, oh, this show's so good instead of, oh, I re- should really take out that trash. Yeah, that's I live my life in a state of that. Just like, I mean, this is nice, but I would enjoy it more if I had done the five things I was supposed to do earlier today. Yep. Exactly. So just get them out of the way and that relaxation will come in so much better. It would mean a lot to us guys if you start doing that. You know who really taught me a lot about this was, um, uh, remember that teacher we had our first month of film school and she was like the really sweet lady that had like a, she taught like a psychology course in film. Do you remember her? Yeah. She was like a producer on the Sopranos prior. Um, and she told us she like, it was a whole episode. The whole point of the class was like to get us over procrastinating because you got to do a lot of work in, in film school. If you start procrastinating, you're going to get behind. And she's like, we went over how much more time you get out of life. If you just take care of things right away and not put them off, because when you procrastinate, then you're never really getting to relax and enjoy yourself. And you're actually like lessening the time because the time that you're going to spend doing what you have to do is going to take longer because it all piles up and then it becomes a disorganized mess where if you just knock everything out one by one it's much better it's very true very true julian yep all right i got a tip for you and it comes from shapati and it's a life pro tip from reddit and it goes go for an expensive house and a cheap car not the other way around The idea is that if you plan and have the means to buy something expensive, then let it be your house, which appreciates in value rather than your car with which depreciates in value. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Obviously, a lot of people, most people don't follow that, but I'm fucking cheap when it comes to cars. I would never go to a dealership. I do the Craigslist thing, even though it's a fucking nightmare. Sell my car on Craigslist. I buy it on Craigslist. You have to deal with a bunch of shady characters. But in the end, you save a lot of money. 
and it's totally worth it. But it's crazy to me that people, I mean, if you're rich, who gives a shit? But so many people buy cars out of their means. It's insane to me. I can't even wrap my head around it. It's really funny. I see so many car, uh, cars parked in apartment complexes where I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, take that money and save it and, and hopefully put a down payment on a house instead of throwing money away on rent every month. The car temptation I can see because, man, you step into any new car and you're just like, oh, this is so nice. I want this. And and then you step out of your into your old car and you're like, man, this is such a piece of shit. And you get bored with it. You're in it so much, you just get bored with it. And, and people get tempted to buy a new thing. But really, if you look, I always look at this. Look at old luxury cars on the road. You know, at one point, someone was so excited to get that. And they were like, oh, man, I'm getting this fucking 96 Jaguar and it's going to be so sweet. And I'm so stoked. And they were rolling around like they were the man. And five years later, that's a shitty Jaguar. You know, right. it's they all cars at, at a certain I mean, most cars. I'm not going to say all cars. There are some cars that can can get through this, but almost every car will be a piece of shit at some point. I mean, look, a 95 Corvette. Some guy was like, oh, yeah, I got this 95 Corvette. And he's showing up to the mall and the ladies are coming out of fucking Orange Julius. Like, oh, my God, he's driving that Corvette. And if you showed up to Orange Julius in that 95 Corvette now, you're not getting any ladies out of Orange Julius. Well, that's debatable. And it pairs nicely with a silk shirt, I think, and a gold chain. But there's like a scientific study... And obviously I have no proof, and I, I, <laughs> but I know I read it somewhere, and this is at least half true, that they, do, they did some kind of test about when you get a new, say a new car, for example, or any new material object, there's like a certain level of enjoyment that you get for the first week, and then it just progressively goes down. And then after six months, even if that thing is still perfectly, you know, cherry, I don't know why I said cherry. I've never said that before, but you know what I mean? You're going to take it for granted because you just got used to it. So might as well drive a piece of shit. You know me, I just buy Toyotas and you can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I love cars and I'm always tempted to buy a new one, but I also know how absurdly bad it is to do financially speaking. And so I just find new ways to fall in love with my car because <laughs> I just, I, I'm just driving and I'm like, you know, my car's not so bad. Look at this. I got this. I got that. You know, I don't need anything else. And the other thing, too, is what's cheaper than buying a new car? Just upgrade your car. If you want something new and exciting, get, like, a new stereo system in your car. Dude, put a spoiler on the back. Yeah, put a spoiler on the back. Get a uh, light kit for the bottom of it. Maybe some chrome door handles. Some spinners. Dude. You know, whatever it takes to make you excited about your car again, even if you're spending one or two thousand dollars it's gonna be way cheaper than buying you know forty fifty thousand dollar new car i recommend lowering it as low as it'll go or if it's a truck lifting it as high as it will go if you want a nice cheap upgrade for your car cut your coil springs in half it'll lower it and give it a nice bounce and you can take the muffler off and it sounds like you got some pipes on there but you don't you just you just don't have a muffler so funny thing there was a guy that we went to school with and I won't say his first name, but he would... Oh, I thought you were going to say his last name instead. I was going to, but maybe I shouldn't do that either. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's going to get in trouble for this. All right, we'll call him T. All right, so he 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 would do this thing called a T exhaust, where he would literally convince people to let him come over and give him a T exhaust, and he would just cut off their muffler with a hacksaw. And that was the T exhaust. And I, I heard he also poked holes in your catalytic converter with the screwdriver, which I think he did to some people. Hmm. I'm not sure. But it was just destroying your exhaust system uh, because it made it louder. And I know one person who let him do it, maybe two. There was also a group of guys that did the thing where they cut your coil springs in half. When I had my Acura Integra, every single day at school, they would just try to convince me to do it. And I'd ride in their car, and they were so shitty. They all drove hondas of some sort and they would just literally like go over a pebble and the thing would bounce so fucking much and they'd be like scraping the bottom on the ground because they sawed their coil springs in half and it didn't have enough spring to deal with the 
car. Yeah, I don't want to brag, but in high school, I had a 96 Nissan 200SX, and I lowered it and put some 17s on it. You remember that? I do. It's actually a pretty sweet-looking ride. It actually looked pretty good, considering, but... It was a pretty good ride. I was impressed. But that was when I learned a lesson about whether or not it's worth fucking with your car, because apparently when you lower it, it changes the camber or the angle of the wheels, and so my tires were just riding like on the inside edges, and I had saved up to buy these new rims and tires, and I busted my tires out in like, I don't know, six months maybe? Just wore out, and then I had to take care of that, and then I bottomed out and got stuck, and then I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to sell this, and I got a Tacoma. Wise choice. And left it alone, yeah. I was trying to think who had the dumbest car in high school like well arguably you it might be me it (laughs) might be me it's definitely you with that fucking jaguar yeah so dude i'll never forget watching you try to go over a speed bump and it took like 15 minutes oh my god so i probably told this story before but my parents had just gotten divorced and it was time to buy me a car and i'd always like begged for a cool car and i was all into cars and my dad feeling guilty about the divorce was like all right Let's get you a cool car. Here's your budget. And I found this fucking Jaguar online for $8,000. It was a 73, and it had a Chevy 350 motor that had been put into it. And it was lowered to the ground and was a show car. It was literally a show car. It didn't drive anywhere. It got shuttled everywhere. And the motor had like 3,000 miles on it. I was like, oh, it's brand new. This thing's going to be awesome. And... uh no, it was not. I drove it from Phoenix to Tucson, and we drove it to the Tucson Mall to try to get all the ladies out of Orange Julius, and it literally broke down in the fucking parking lot, and the security guard had to, like, yell at us till we could get it started again and move it. And I remember it had, like, smoke coming out of the brakes when I brought it home because it was just so badly put together. And I had that car for six months. I put, like... into it trying to get it to work ended up selling it for like $3,000 and lost my shirt on it so that's why you don't let your 16 year old kid pick out a car yeah man when I think back to what car I don't know if kids care as much anymore though I feel like I mean dude they don't give a kids don't even get licenses until they're like 19 now I was yeah the minute I was able to go get my license I was there times changed my my daughter's literally, I think, one of two of her friends that have a car right now, or a license for that matter. None of them have fucking licenses or cars. And I was like begging my parents for a fucking car and a license. Yeah. I was, when my parents were at work, I would steal my mom's car and go drive it around town when I was like 14, just because I couldn't wait. Yeah. I did that too. We used to steal our parents' cars in middle school and jump them. Did you ever do that? I did it in Hotch's uh, Explorer, but I never did it personally. On Kaya Burrell? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I did it. Yeah. We did it at the Burger King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's another road called Kaya Burrell, and it had like a very steep hill on both sides. Yeah, I remember that. And you could fly off it and get a pretty good amount of air. And we would take turns stealing each other's parents' cars and jumping them. And we, st- we stole our friend David's parents' car once. And they had a minivan, and we jumped it, and we just bottomed out so hard. We broke the transmission. It wouldn't shift out of gear. And we took it home and parked it. And I remember we blamed the whole thing on his brother. And uh, his brother got in trouble because his brother actually had his license. And uh, we didn't get in trouble. That's a good move. Or da- I should say David didn't get in trouble. That's we a good move. We wouldn't in trouble because it was David that stole his parents' yeah, car and did David that. pulled off a lot of zany schemes back in the day. Oh, man. We won't go into it because... Yeah, I never really fucked around with that because I think my dad was like very adamant about making like teaching me how to take care of it and letting me know like what goes into it and how you shouldn't fuck things up. And so I even then I think I knew that jumping it was not a great idea, but I loved watching other people do it with their cars. It was a lot of fun. Jumping cars was a popular activity back then. Yeah. Who would have thought? Did you ever do the thing where you took a shopping cart? And you, someone would hang out the side passenger window and drag the shopping cart next to the car and get up a good amount of speed in a parking lot and then let the shopping cart go and do a wall and it would explode. I never did that personally, but I used to be also not to brag again. When I was 16, I worked at Target and I was the cart boy. 
And one time I had some friends come, they were waiting for me to get off and I had a lot of carts that needed to be wrangled up. And, uh, so they got Nick's old blazer and were like driving around grabbing carts outside of the blazer. And I, they did that, but I wasn't too happy about it at the time. Cause I was on the clock and I was like, you guys are going to get me in trouble. <laughs> You're the cart boy. Well, you could just act like you didn't know him. Yeah. I mean, I made it out. All right. They didn't what are you going to do? And we got all those carts back where they needed to be. Dude, can you imagine where you'd be in life if you never quit your job at Target and just kept working your way up the ladder? I know. It's funny how that sounds like a joke, but I would probably be making like a quarter million dollars as some sort of, I don't know, VP or some shit. Yeah, for sure. But let's face it, that was not in the cards for me. <laughs> Way to go, Austin. You're just a measly firefighter. You really should have stuck it out. Yeah, dude, when I worked at the Apple store, our dude had done that. The manager that came in, they brought him in from Target. And they brought him into the Apple store and he was making like, I don't know, six figures. Although he had to work at the Apple store, which is fucking brutal. But I'm, if he stuck it there, stuck it out, I'm sure he's, yeah. I think we've talked about this before too. If you if you don't have like a specific drive to have some kind of career, just find a good company and just stick with it and go every day and work hard. And eventually you'll, uh, you'll be making some cash. Any company, you go to Chipotle, whatever, Target, just go stick it out, show up every day, boom. I used to work at uh, um, Aramark for a brief period of time, and we had to learn all about their company. So I literally worked at Aramark twice. I, I don't even know what that is. It's a company that like, uh, they rent uniforms. To their, that's their bread and butter. Like if a company needs uniforms and they need them laundered, they get them from Aramark. And But they also have a few other businesses. And so I worked for their catering company, which they had the contract at the Anaheim Convention Center. And so in that training process, we had to learn all about the company and we learned all about the CEO. And the CEO of that company had like worked his way from the bottom to the top. And he literally started as an entry level position and worked his way up. And now he's the CEO of the company. And I think there's a lot of companies like that, that have those people that have just stuck it out and climbed up the corporate ladder. But man, you got to really dedicate your life. Like I know people that work at in and out and you know, that's like one of the famous companies that you can get a really good paying job if you work your way up the corporate ladder without a high school, without anything more than a high school diploma. Um, but man, you're goodbye to your life because you're just fucking working so many fucking hours managing that restaurant. Cause I think each manager makes like 150, 200,000 a year of each. Julian, are you sad out. that you didn't stay at Aeromark? No, I quit after like two weeks. It was a fucking shit job. You had a lot of jobs that you quit very quickly. What was the barbecue place? You should have stayed there. Sweet baby oh Susan's. God. What was Lucille's? it called? Lucille's. What? Lucille's. Lucille's barbecue. Dude, imagine if you had stayed there. Here's a tip. Don't ever fucking work it. Don't work at Lucille's. Here's if you had stayed there, you could have been on the grill by now. They, they were, they, so Lucille's hiring, they target people that work at really shitty places like Olive Garden, McDonald's, and they show them the life that you can make at a, like, what they consider a decent restaurant. What a fucking joke. I worked there for less than a year. It was fucking horrible. They made you do so much work. All right, let's move like, on, so Julian. Much... You're going to keep talking forever if we don't get to these next tips. I'm, I started that. Oh, that yeah. was my fault. But All Yeah, right. shut up, Austin. Don't get me started okay, on this. Okay, I'm just going to start cutting you off when I feel like we've had enough. Fine. Do the next tip. If you guys want to hear about Lucille's. Nobody gives a shit. I promise you. Hit me up on Instagram. I'll tell you all about it. All right. Is it my? It's your tip. Oh, is it? No, actually, it's my tip. I'm sorry. Oh, look at that. All right. So here's here's something that I think everyone should know, and it's from the You Should Know subreddit, and it was posted by Booze Haha One. You should know that you can transfer Spotify playlists to other streaming services like Apple Music, Amazon Music, and others, and vice versa. If you're like me, you're only staying with Spotify because you built up a lot of personal playlists with them. Apps like Songshift will copy and sync your playlists over to other music streaming services. It makes it easy to try out other services. And I think this is a great tip because 
I am a loyal Spotify customer and I still like Spotify. I'm not looking to move, but for a while there, I considered it when Apple music came out, but I'm like, man, I've built up such a playlist in repertoire of music in Spotify. It'd be a crime for all that time to go to waste. And you know what? Now I have an option, which is song shift. Um, I can vouch for this. <laughs> oh, I've you've used done song this. shift a handful of times, and I usually really? use it if it I usually use it if I'm because we both Julian and I both have Spotify and Apple Music. We have family plans and we share with each other. Shh, Austin, oh, shut up! But if if God I'm talking to somebody and I have ta- a playlist that I'm proud of, typically my bathtub playlist, which is always growing and changing and evolving, but. I have it on Apple Music. The fuck do you listen to in the bathtub? Well, why don't you listen to the bathtub play, playlist and find out? You never sent it to me. I feel like I you would, even take I baths. feel like it would be lost on you. You probably it's I don't made take baths. primarily for the bathtub, but you can use it anytime that you want to listen to some relaxing music. It's just like chill music of all different genres. I call that my chill playlist. Yeah, well, I call it my bathtub playlist, and I'm never going to share it with you now. But anyways, I, I use SongShift, and it worked pretty well. All right. Sometimes it'll be like... Is it free? Yeah, it's free. Highly recommend wow. it. Works pretty well. I'll try it out. I didn't know yeah. that. Now I can transfer all my... Because here's the thing about Apple Music. They're converting all of their audio to... Spatial? What I would call... No, well, spatial is one thing, but it's uh, like... What are they called? High def audio, I don't know, like audio file quality, like they're they're growing their file sizes to include all the fucking the they're uncompressing it. Okay, and so Spotify has been talking about this for years. They've never done it. It's what originally title music was known for, and why people that really cared about audio quality would get title subscriptions. That was the Jay Z Kanye thing. Yeah, and so. Spotify has been talking about doing it to their catalog for years and Apple is doing it. They haven't done their entire catalog yet, but they're working on it and it allows spatial audio. And so I would love to transfer my Spotify playlist over to Apple because I am a amateur audiophile myself and I love listening to like the nitty gritty details and the sound quality of recordings and stuff like that. And it'd be cool to hear all the songs that I've collected in Spotify over the years in that high def quality. Well, now you can do it. All right. We're going to the next tip. This one's going to be nice and easy. Okay. And we've talked about this before. Julian's going to talk shit about it and just ignore him. It's a life hack from Reddit brought to us by inky. The little arrow on the fuel gauge tells you which side the car's fuel cap handle is located on. A lot of people know this. I just found this out like six months ago. My dad brought it up to me. What? Yeah, I know, Julian. We've, we already talked about this technically, but... Yeah, we've done this tip before. Well, I just threw it in and there I, and, you know... Oh, because you couldn't think of a fucking I was running short on tip, time today, and so shit. we're going to do this one. A lot of people probably don't know this. If you look at the fuel gauge on your car in the dash next to the little... There's like a little fuel pump thing. There's an arrow. Whichever side it's pointing to, if you're driving someone else's car or you're really blazed or it's a rental car, you can save yourself the embarrassment of pulling up to the pump and then having to back out and readjust. Just look at that little arrow and you'll know which side the fuel cap is on. Hey, I got a curveball for you. Okay. What do you do if you drive an electric car? Does it have the arrow pointing to which side the charging port's Ooh, that's on? That's a good question. I don't know. You tell me. Well, I guess your car's a hybrid. Yeah. So it points to the direction of the fuel cap. I would assume that it does not, but I don't know. Because you have more time. You have more time to plug in there. Why don't you look that up for us, Austin, and report back? I don't know. You're the fucking electric car what expert. Have, what do you mean you have more time? What does that I mean? I don't know. You're usually doing it at home. Anyways, who cares? Yeah. Hey, way to recycle a good tip. Again, Here's a bonus tip. We just used. I wanted to make it official. You've only had three tips so far, Austin. You can't automatically go to a bonus tip. Yeah, I know, because you're fucking blabbing. 
I'm not blabbing. I'm. You're definitely blabbing, even more than usual. Giving out, I'm giving out useful Julian. information. You told me to drink whiskey before. This I know. Podcast. I really regret it now. <laughs> you guys have no this idea, your idea the different version of Julian I was talking to before this, like in a half hour ago. He was just this like, "This is all your sad fault." And quiet, and I was like, "Damn, Julian's not going to be able to do the show now. He's just fucking full of beans and whiskey, mostly." Yeah, <laughs> you told me to eat those beans yeah, and drink that I, whiskey. I should have known better. This is your All fault. All right, do the next tip. All right, here we go. It's a life pro tip from Tink the Chi. That's a great name. Before you drop your car off for service, take a picture of the odometer. I think this is for if you have a cool car. You probably don't have to worry about this if you drive Austin's shit whole car. Um, but... You know, if you drive a Pontiac Fiero or a 96 Mazda Miata convertible. Yeah. Or Camaro. Take a picture of that odometer because you know, whoever you're dropping that off to is going to want to take it joyriding. Yeah. Have you guys seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Happens all the time. Well, they drive a, they drive a Ferrari in that. You'd be a fool not to take that out. Well, yeah. But But anyway, that's my point. Take it out. Or I mean, don't take it out. Take a picture of that odometer because they might go joyriding in that shit. And, you know, if you're driving a Ferrari or something, those miles are precious because your engine's not going to last very long. I mean, 30,000 miles on a Ferrari is like 100,000 miles in a Chevy. So, you know, those 300 miles could be a significant life of your car's engine. Well, and also I think the point is that some jackass might just be treating it like shit because it's not their car. Also, when you go to anywhere where someone, some stranger is going to be in your car, especially if it's fucking Jiffy Lube, take all the valuables out of your glove box because last time I did that, they stole all the change out of my coin purse. Can you believe that? And I think I might have had some bills in there too, and but my memory is so fucking bad, I didn't know enough to like actually accuse them, but I'm pretty sure they emptied that thing out. I got robbed at Jiffy Lube once too. I had a sweet navigation system, you know, the aftermarket ones that you suction cup to your windshield in my Chevy Cobalt. And then I had a sweet collection of MP3 CDs as well. This is before Bluetooth audio came out where you had the MP3 player CDs that you could hold like 100 songs on. They stole both of them. And I literally had to call Jiffy Lube every day for like, two months just yelling at this manager like when are you giving me my money when are you giving me my money and i just kept yelling at him yelling i'm yelling at him till he finally wrote me a check for the fucking shit that they stole because he kept denying that they ever stole it but i literally had it before i dropped it off at jiffy lube and literally didn't have it when i got it back and there's no fucking excuse that's pretty ballsy to steal the navigation that sticks on your windshield that's that's not like something that you're going to drive away and not notice it's like right in front of your face and also while you're at it I learned this the hard way. Don't go to Jiffy Lube. If you're going to go to some oh, random yeah. place, go to fucking Car Max or Car Brake Masters or Brake Max or whatever. Any- Car Max? They no, sell not Car Max. Brake Max. But anything other than Jiffy Lube, go to that. Go to, just find a nice local trusted mechanic and take it there. There you go. That's, that's a nice tip. Get a nice local trusted mechanic because they're going to be able to help you out. You're going to build a rapport with them and then they're not going to rip you off. Yeah, or I recommend having your sister marry a mechanic, and then you have a brother-in-law mechanic. I like that. That's been nice. Yeah, pimp out your sister to a mechanic. That's mm-hmm. Austin's advice. He's a shitty brother. Don't listen. It'll to be him. worth its weight in gold. All right. Well, I hope he's a nice mechanic to your sister too. He is. <laughs> I hope he's as good a husband as he is a mechanic. He is. All right, I got All a life right, pro tip for you. It's brought to us by... You have another one? You didn't send to me this one. I don't know. You only sent me four. Well, this is my fourth one. This is your fifth. I don't think it... It doesn't matter, Julian. It's not. Well, send it to me. <laughs> life pro tip. Julian, I'm going to spank your bottom after this show. You're so lucky that we don't live in the wait. same city. I can't wait. Jesus Christ. I love it. I love a good If spanking. a prospective employer won't move forward unless you disclose your current pay, include your annual 401k match in that figure. Unlike a discretionary bonus, a 401k match is contractually obligated. It just happens to be automatic. 
It just happens to automatically go into your retirement savings. And then someone here says something even better. Oh, apparently there's an online calculator. You can Google that if you want. And God damn it. Someone else had something a good point here that I can't seem to find. Oh, Austin. Anyways, just do that. You'll be fine. Just add your 401k in there. And then bump it up like an extra five grand too. Just give yourself a little padding. Well, you know that there's a maximum amount that you can add to your 401k. Well, yeah, I know. They're saying year. just add what the employer contributes to it. Oh, got it. What if your employer doesn't contribute anything, Austin? Then what do you do? Well, then you don't use this tip. All right. Well, here's another tip. Max out your 401k. That's literally the best way you can save money because it's before taxes. So it's the most that you can invest. And I always say set it to the most aggressive if you're young. If you're older, ease off a little bit. But if you're young, set that shit to most aggressive. Yeah, easier said than done for sure. But yeah. No, it's easy. You call the place and say, put me in the most aggressive fucking plan that you got. Oh, you mean just as far as how they're investing? I thought you were saying max out as much as you can put in there. Well, yeah, if you can do that, do that. But what if you go aggressive and then everything takes a shit and you end up broke? You don't sell, Austin. Don't ever sell. Always bounce back. All right. It always bounces back. That's the tip. All right, I got one more, and I know I'm going six, but this is an easy one, and I think it's very useful. And it's a life pro tip, pro tip from user Slut for Turtles, and it is: you should know if you are trying to copy text from a phone app that doesn't support the copy function, take a screenshot, and then you can do it from your photos. Did you know you can copy and paste text from your photos, Austin? From your photos? I think that's a new thing. You that's literally can. That's a new can. thing in the new it iOS. Is. Yeah, I've, I haven't used it. But I, yeah, you can do it. And uh, so if you're on a website and it won't let you copy and paste text, just screenshot it and then you can copy and paste it from your photos. And with that, I'm going to drop the mic and say, peace, bitch. Julian, that was great. Those tip. are my Thank tips. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got it. That's what I'm here for. We all great tips. If you want shit tips, talk to Austin. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry, we're a little rusty. It's been a while. Julian's drunk. I'm tired. Ah. What else is new? If you guys want to email us, you can do it at justthetipspod at AOL.com. Don't worry. We'll get back to you about the Instagram. I have a fucking web page, but I haven't made it. We'll talk about all that later. Julian, you're, you're a drunk asshole, but I love you very much. Austin, you're a pretty bitch. And you can lick the back of my kneecaps and go fuck yourself while you're at it. All right. Those things are probably pretty salty, but I'll do it. I have very salty kneecaps or the backs of them anyway, because I always keep my legs bent. So it gets nice and steamy in there. What starts sweating first, the back of your kneecaps or your upper lip? You're a real upper, you're an upper lip sweater like, like I've never seen before. What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I have a mustache about. that absorbs all well, that. Well, yeah. You can't even tell. That's why you have a mustache. It's like a sponge. But if not, it's going to be pretty slippery. How do you there. know? How do I know? I haven't I haven't not had a mustache in so long. I just know. I've seen your I've known you for fucking 30 years. I've seen that sweaty upper lip many times. I got a sweaty forehead, but my upper lip stays nice and Julian, dry cuz I got just embrace all it. those bristles of hair i'm i'm fine with it i mean maybe Doesn't sound i do like you I are. Know. sounds like you're in denial no i embrace it and i would say the back of my kneecaps it depends on my seating position and if i'm wearing shorts or not if i'm wearing pants and my knees are my legs are bent backwards it creates a little like greenhouse effect in the back of my kneecaps the gap there mm-hmm. and i get a fair amount of perspiration well, julian thanks for being vulnerable with us thanks for being honest we all appreciate it i'm always vulnerable with y'all all right thanks for listening guys if you made it this far god bless you, <laughs> See you next week. no he doesn't bye. god's a joke bye Tips. julian what did you say bye what the fuck
fuck is up, Austin? I like the packaged gravy. Dude, go fuck yourself, Austin. I know, I want to. I've never used Travelocity.com. Ah, I loved it. I used to use Hipmunk. I'm pretty good, man. I can go backwards in sandals. In fact, just give me a fucking drink. And meat bones as well. Yeah, I was laying down in a pickup truck bed, and he'd show up, he'd be like, dude, check out what I got, and you just have, like, a bag full of chicken bones. I'll believe it when I see it. And then he'd be like, watch, and throw some on the trunk of the car, so it gets nice and steamy in there. But he would knock my socks off sometimes. Yeah, and it feels good. It'll be over before you know it, and you'll feel so much better. I have very salty kneecaps. I just find new ways to fall in love with my car. And he's showing up to the mall and the ladies are coming out of fucking Orange Julius. Like, oh my god, he's driving that Corvette. Oh man, dude, that was so good. And so my brother and I used to go into dating chat rooms. I dream of that. Those and those fucking raviolis. Like, oh, this is so nice. I want this. Oh, I re should really take out that trash. Oh yeah, I got this 95 Corvette. And let me tell you, like, if you've never made your own soup stock, it's got its share of risk. Take turns stealing each other's parents' cars and jumping them. And you'll really knock people's socks off by doing that. Now, all that stuff's great for soups. Shrimp shells or fish bones, something like that. I got robbed at Jiffy Lube once too, and I was just shit-faced laughing my ass off. If you showed up to Orange Julius in that 95 Corvette now, holy shit, what the fuck? I do the Craigslist thing? Oh, Austin, you're not getting any ladies out of Orange Julius.